You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. I think that anytime, I think coaching is a lot like teaching, right? Uh, when the students don't perform as well as you want them to, I think as a coach and as a teacher, um, you got to take a good look in the mirror, right? And I think that's exactly what I'm going to do and what our staff's going to do. Um, a lot of good out there tonight, man. I mean, I, I can't compliment certain parts of our team. I thought were outstanding. Um, we certainly made improvements in a lot of areas of our team, but there were some that obviously didn't perform as well. So, you know what? In football, um, you always got to tell the truth. And between the lines, each week, you got to earn the right to win. Uh, and I think when we evaluate this game, there's no question we didn't earn the right to win. You know, we made uh, too many mistakes. Um, and I think the film will say that. You know, I also think that much like life, uh, the game of football can teach you. You know, when there's adversity in your life and in this game, as a competitor, as a person, uh, you got a choice to make, right? You can choose character. Uh, or you can choose to compromise, right? And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the character of our team. I know how they're going to respond. Um, we're going to learn, right? We're going to learn from this experience, and we're going to improve, and we're going to go back to work. So, you know, I think you got to take ownership, right? And uh, certainly as a leader, uh, that's exactly the plan here, right, to take full ownership of the things that we can do better. Uh, we can coach better. We can play better. Um, and that starts with me, uh, and we'll go back to work and try to improve. Whew. Tough pill to swallow this morning if you're a Florida Gator fan. And, and, and me, I, I personally, I like to be positive as I can on this podcast, and I will, and we'll get through this. But everything that I saw yesterday, and I can't say everything, maybe 10% to 15% of this game had a little bit of good that came out of it, but the other 80 to 85%, didn't look good at all. Kentucky, they were an inferior team, missing three running backs, got a linebacker back. This game should have been won by Miles, and it wasn't. But we'll go over that here real quick. But first, I want to start with the man everybody's talking about. Of course, Anthony Richardson did not have a good game whatsoever. Was 14 for 35, threw for 40%, only 143 yards passing, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and he got sacked one time. You're not winning a lot of football games with that kind of a quarterback play. I don't care how elite your defense is. You're just not winning a lot of football games like that. Now, does Florida have an elite defense? I'll say this. I think the defense improved a little bit from last week. I'll give them credit there. The defense as a whole only had six missed tackles this game, three sacks, five quarterback contacts, and nine quarterback hurries. Pretty good for a defense, to be honest. When there wasn't a turnover that gave Kentucky short field or a pick six, Florida played pretty well defensively. They only allowed 202 yards through the air and only 70 yards rushing and still wound up losing the football game. I think the only really big explosive pass play that was given up was by Jalen Kimber for 55 yards, and he was only targeted once and gave that up, and it was for a touchdown. But Tradine gave up 41 Avery Helm gave up 37, Devin Moore gave up 22, Ventro Miller 22, Jadarius Perkins 16, Amari Bernie 
11. So Amari Bernie did pretty well, did his job. I mean, only gave up 11 yards. Kentucky didn't really have that many explosive plays this game. Their leading receiver this game was Dane Key with only 83 yards. But before him, you have Chauncey Magwood, 47 yards. Keaton Upshaw, 34 yards. Jordan Dingle, 29 yards. Brennan Bates, 11 yards. That's it. That's all for Kentucky's receiving core in their receptions. 75 yards after the catch. Only averaged 15.5 yards per reception. You would think, looking at these defensive stats, Florida dominated this football game. Of course, we all knew Kentucky was going to go in there and target those tight ends, which they did do early in the game, but Florida had an answer for it on defense. Florida got, actually, they got pressure. They sacked Will Levis quite a bit. They got good pressure on Will Levis, too. So we can't really blame the defense for this game, no matter what, even in the third and fourth quarter when they were gassed because we couldn't do anything on offense. You can't blame the defense for what they did. The defense played pretty lights out. I wouldn't say lights out. They made some mistakes, but for the most part, I would say the defense played pretty well. What we wanted to see before we even talked about it last week with Dick Delatore, we wanted to see sacks. We wanted to see quarterback pressures. We wanted to see interceptions, which we got, which I think is kind of funny because Gervon Dexter is leading the team in interceptions right now. So that's that's a funny story. But as I said, we we saw what we wanted to see from the defense, what we talked about last week. Now, offensively, whew. I, I I don't even want to go there. I, I I have to because this is the podcast and I am a fair person and I love to stay positive. But man, I'm telling you right now, these offensive numbers aren't going to look good when I go down the list. Now, I've, I've already went over quarterback Anthony Richardson statistics. Not good. Probably one of the worst performances of a Florida Gator quarterback in a while. But let's go ahead and hear from Anthony Richardson here real quick because he had a lot to say about himself here in this postgame press conference. And he took a lot of accountability, so I will give him credit for that. And I don't want to sit here and bash Anthony Richardson because I still think he's one heck of an athlete. And I think he could play way better than what he did last night. And, and maybe it's a wake-up call. Maybe it's a wake-up call. Maybe it is what Anthony Richardson needs. But let's hear from him in his post-game presser here real quick. I feel like I let everybody down, especially the defense, because I looked everybody on defense in the eyes, and I told them that I got them, and I was going to put up points for them. And obviously, I didn't. I turned the ball over twice, three times. I fumbled the ball once. So... Tough loss. I just got to play better for the team and for the university. I just got to grow. You know, uh, with this game and with life, adversity is going to come. But I just got to grow, especially from this, because everybody expects a lot from me. I expect, I expect a lot from myself, and I didn't you know, showcase anything that I'm capable of tonight. So I just got to grow from it. Kevin. Yeah, Anthony, you, you took a few shots early in that game. Physically, how were you throughout the game? Uh, I was pretty good, you know start the game off, but I uh, missed a couple of wide open throws, so my confidence got shot and I affected my receivers poorly, you know, uh, missing the wide open. So I know that confidence probably went down as well. Uh, I didn't help my O-line out. I didn't help my running backs. I didn't help the team. So um, mentally, I shot myself down a little bit, but I tried to stay in it. And physically, I was fine just trying to play through it and just play the game. This was the big talking point I had before this season. I said, Richardson is young. He's going to make young mistakes. But the key would be 
how would he respond to those young mistakes? In this game, he didn't respond well at all. Now, we know it's his third start as a quarterback, so he obviously isn't used to this kind of spotlight or attention on him. But you heard Richards say his confidence got shot at the beginning. Now, of course, it wasn't all his fault in the beginning. There were some key first downs and big plays that should have been caught that were dropped. One from Persall, one from Henderson, one from Xanders. You got to catch those passes. But for the most part, the passing, very, very inaccurate. And Richardson owns up to it here. But as I said, the key was how does Richardson respond to a young mistake? In this game, it just wasn't there. Let's hear from more from what he had to say. Hey, Anthony, can you take us through the two interceptions, please? Uh, the first one, you know, uh, I didn't get enough depth with my naked, my naked fake. Uh, I thought I could get around the, the end. Uh, I didn't want to throw over the top because I knew he was a long player. So I tried to side on him, and he just made a great play on that one. Uh, so shout out to him. And the second one, just flashbacks to Georgia game. Same thing, I just threw it right to the dude. And then uh, I think you only rushed six times tonight. Was that uh, a conscious effort on your part to throw more? What the defense was giving you? What do you attribute that to? Uh, pretty much just take what the defense gave me. You know, try not to force too much. Uh, and I'm a quarterback, so I told myself I was going to try to pass the ball more. So I guess that probably affected my game a little bit. But you know, just gotta uh, do better when the when the time comes. Back. Uh, Anthony, what did uh, Coach say to you guys in the locker room after the game? We just got to grow from it, you know. Um, <clears throat> he felt like we didn't really fight hard enough. He said we did fight, but we didn't uh, play hard enough, and we didn't play like we deserved to win. You know, uh, so we just thought we were going to come out here and win, and maybe you know took them for granted. But we just got to play better. And uh, Coach also said that he felt like there was still some good that came out of the offense's performance tonight. From your standpoint, what did you like uh, that your unit did? Well, at times, we did run the ball pretty well. Um, that was probably what I think was the best part. You know, passing was you know, terrible. Uh, and that's, that's on me. But at times, we did run the ball well, and I feel like that's pretty good. You said earlier that after you missed a couple throws, you, your confidence got a little shaky there. Was did they make any real adjustments on you in the second half? Or, or and, and the second part of that is, did you start pressing and kind of like trying to aim it a little bit, you think? Um, the adjustments were just adjustments based on the defense. We didn't really make any changes to the play calls or anything like that. <clears throat> but at times I did you know, try to push it a little bit, try to aim it just so I could complete some stuff. And I guess that affected my game as well. You didn't have to come in here tonight, obviously. Why did you want to put yourself out here? You know, just let everybody know what's going on. Uh, we lost, and I feel like it's completely on me. A lot of people are saying it's not, but I feel like it's on me. Uh, I played terrible. Um, I didn't do anything that would have helped my team. Um, I tried to lead, but I don't feel like I did that pretty well tonight. It's just. I'm just trying to let everybody know what's going on. Yeah, I take full responsibility of the loss. And the challenge ahead for you, are, are, are you on some, I mean, how are you going to approach that? No, I just got to grind a little harder. Um, I feel like I might have took a little step back, you know, following a Utah win, and 
I shot me in the foot this game, so just got to ground a little harder and you know, just try to pick it up and pick my teammates up. You know, let everybody count on me because I'm definitely counting on them. So shout out to our defense as well. Now, I, I do like the fact Richardson took accountability here. He also showed up to a presser he didn't have to show up to, as he said, just to let everyone know what was going on. So I give props to him for that. And, and look, we knew that this team was going to have growing pains with the new staff, with the talent Mullen left us. And, and we knew it was going to take time. I mean, did that Utah game give us a little hope that Richardson could be the guy to make up for the talent deficiency? Absolutely. And I think now we're put back into the mindset of, hey, it's just going to take time. But like Napier said a few presses ago, we all want to put that crown on Richardson, but there's still work to do. He was absolutely right. Napier knew. One thing that is concerning to me, though, just as a fan, Richardson talks about how he was shook the whole game after some drops and interception and such. I mean, I get that, but you have to shake off those cobwebs. The game keeps going no matter what, whether you're playing elite or poorly. Kind of like life goes on, <laughs> you know, the saying life goes on, but in football terminology, you know. Uh, but my concern, what happens when he's not at home? No crowd advantage, away at Nalen, away at Kyle Field, away at a neutral site in Jacksonville. How will he respond then? I, I think Richardson just needs to get out of his head and just worry about playing football and stop worrying about making a mistake or an elite play. Just go out there, play 60 minutes of football to his best ability, win or lose, mistake or no mistake, take the same approach have the same mindset, stay focused every single down. And it will be a learning experience for him for sure, but that's what makes the elite quarterbacks elite. They don't get into their own head. They don't let things bother them. They don't get shook when they get sacked. They don't overthink things when they throw an interception or a receiver drops something or their running back fumbles the ball, which, which happened last week against Utah, and they responded pretty well. You got to do that every single game, every single down. And I think, as I said, it, it, it was it, it, Richardson was shook. You could tell uh, just looking at the press conference. He he looked really just beat up and angry and just depressed. I mean, like you could tell this game wore down on him. And he showed up to this presser and didn't have to. So, as I said, accountability. He took it. He 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 displayed it here on fold. He just needs to get past it and remember just to focus on the game itself and don't worry about any of the outside noise. Don't worry about anything else. This is your football game. This is your career. This is your chance to go to the NFL. Don't let stupid things ruin it and get you in a bad mindset to where you're not going to play any better because I guarantee you this, you throw a pick on your next play. So you go out to USF next week and you throw a pick or even maybe you throw two. Who cares? Play the football game. All the way through 60 minutes, I guarantee you, you'll probably be able to come back with a victory. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying that. But I, I don't see that happening. I didn't see what happened against Kentucky, though, either. So just stay focused with the right mindset. Play the game of football. But I, I don't want to harp on Richardson's play a lot because there was a lot of other things that could have been done well last night. And basically, it was more offensively than it was defensively. I, I, I Really, defensively, you cleaned up the missed tackles. There was way less missed tackles. There was only three penalties for 28 yards. So that was the good takeaway out of that. And for the most part, the defense, when they needed to make a play, made a play. Now, you can say, well, Kentucky scored. Well, yeah, they scored on a short field and, and you know the, the defense when the offense isn't doing anything gets worn down they get tired 
it, that, that defensive line kind of started to fold again like we did the second half. That's because the offense wasn't, you know, driving down the field. I mean, you, you literally go three and out. You have to come right back out there on the field. So I get why the defense was a little bit worn down towards the end of the night. But for the most part, man, they, they played well. They played what they should have played like. Now, did they make mistakes? Sure. I mean, you're going to make mistakes every game. But how did the defense respond when they made a mistake? I, I think they responded pretty well. But I would say 80 to 85% of the football game was all on the quarterback play. Now, I'll say this too. Receivers got to get open. Receivers got to catch a football. You didn't really help Anthony Richardson out when he was struggling either. So, got to kind of put it on the receivers a little bit too for, for the most part. But I will say this. Uh, there was a lot of wide open passes that were overthrown. <laughs> Not accurate. Uh, I think at the beginning of the football game, we should have been up by at least three possessions. And we weren't. Florida was up 16-7. to seven. That was it. 19 unanswered points right after that. All you needed was maybe a touchdown, maybe put it away, play some good defense. Florida didn't do that. Also, some of the play calls were pretty bad. I don't want to see that wide receiver screen ever again. We, we, we don't have the receivers to make that a successful play. No more wide receiver screens. I do think the offense was a little vanilla. I thought it was last week, too. But it was more successful when we had the run game going. And, and I think Florida went a little bit away from that run game. And you heard Richardson talk about, you know, I wanted to be more of a passing quarterback. And, and I wanted to show everybody I could pass the ball. That, that's getting into your head a little bit. Do what you do well. Don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about being a quarterback. Be a player. Be a fantastic player. Whether you're quarterback, wide receiver, running back, just be the player that you can be to your best ability. And as Billy Napier said, it falls on him too and the coaching staff. So Billy Napier took accountability, and I want to get more into what Billy Napier had to say. And we will do that on the second part of Getting Swamped coming up. Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom fit your needs with state-of-the-art paint and epoxy you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom leds as a package as well give him a shout out on twitter at ws woodcarving you can also follow him on twitch and check out his facebook page at white and sons woodcarving top of the line signs made from scratch man oh man oh man I said last week that I took the over on Anthony Richardson again, and it didn't work out for me in my lineup. But I also did pick the over on strikes landed by Nate Diaz last night in the octagon and the win. And boy, did it save me. And your boy, David Soderquist, can save you some money right now when you join prizepicks.com. Join prizepicks with promo code SWAMP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 on your first deposit. Prize Picks is easy, simple, and it only takes 60 seconds to sign up. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, like MMA, soccer, baseball, basketball, tennis, hockey, esports, you name it, Prize Picks has it. Prize Picks is rated 4.8 stars across the board on any app store and offers top notch customer service. Join Prize Picks right now with promo code SMOP to double your money right now on your first deposit. PrizePicks.com. Daily Fantasy Simplified. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist. 
your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. You know, I think Anthony, um, you know, I think there's no one that's its own worst critic than Anthony, right? I mean, Anthony is a perfectionist. I mean, he's the ultimate competitor. He wants to do his job for the team, right? Um, can't talk enough about his loyalty, right? His sense of responsibility for playing the position and doing that really well for the team. Um, and, you know, I get a chance to be in the meeting room with him every single day uh, the entire year, right? To have an opportunity to be around that guy is pretty special. So um, Anthony can do things better, but that starts with me, right? We've got to, I think part of coaching is putting your players in position where they can have success, right? So um, we made mistakes tonight. Anthony made mistakes. I made mistakes. Um, you know, that's the beautiful thing about the game of football. You know, it, it requires hundreds of people uh, to have success. Uh, but hundreds of people contribute when you don't maybe get the result that you want, right? And uh, I think sometimes the quarterback position, you get that spotlight put on you. Um, reality is there's things around you that can be done better, right, that contribute to quarterback play. But one thing I know about Anthony, he's, gonna, he's a fighter, right? He's going he's gonna to show back up and he's going to work hard to improve. He has that level of investment and commitment to the players and the people in the organization. Was there miscommunication on the pick six? Yes, sir. Yeah, Coach, I know you asked a lot of your defense tonight. Uh, there was a fourth and six call. You're on 24-yard line, about four minutes left. You had three timeouts. Was there a thought of punting there, or did you just feel like your defense had, was getting Yeah, no, we had, we had gotten some stops. Um, you know, at that point in the game, you're, you got to be aggressive, right? I mean, you think about where you're at on the field. Um, Four minutes left in the game, you're only going to get so many opportunities to get it back. Um, they were chewing it up pretty good, so uh, no question, you know, that was the right decision. Billy, uh, Anthony Link had six carries tonight. I think he had 11 last week. Was that a product of Kentucky's defense, his health? What, what was the factor there? Yeah, I think a little, bit of, um, a little bit of it was the way they defended us, part of it. You know, conceptually, I think we had opportunities there for them to run it, but they you know, they sometimes the defense dictates some of those things. So, um, but I, I do think last week had more opportunities, and part of that was the structure that the defense played. Well, you heard it, man. Billy Napier also taking accountability along with Richardson, showing exactly what I just said. Uh, not sure if Anthony felt the pressure for the first time of being the starting quarterback after defeating a number seven team, but I'll say this. You know, being that young with that amount of pressure on you can get to you. I mean, it, it is also it's also Billy Napier's and the staff's job to teach that uh, football just isn't mental and physical on the field, but it's also very mental off the field. Uh, I, I don't want to repeat myself here, but hopefully Richardson, he can regroup, regather his thoughts and move on to the next game, which will be USF, which we will discuss next week. Billy also talked about being aggressive, believing in his defense, which played well for the most part, but he also talks about not running Richardson and not running as much because of Kentucky's defense. And look, if you're one-dimensional in the sport with no passing game, teams are going to load the box against you and force you to throw the football. That's what they did last night with Richardson after they saw all those footballs selling over the receivers' heads. I mean, if you go back to last night, the receivers were targeted 30 times, only 14 receptions. That's a 46.7% reception percentage. That's not good. Xavier Henderson, 50 yards. 
Persol, 39. Shorter, 26. Zipper, 21. Xanders, 4. Johnson, 3. He's not even a receiver. It's a running back. That right there, not one receiver had over 50 yards in receptions. And yards after catch was pretty much non-existent. Only 47 yards. 3.4 yards per reception after the catch. That, that's not good. And yards per reception? Only 10.2. So, yeah, if I'm Kentucky, yeah, I'm stacking the box and I'm forcing you to throw the football, especially after what I saw in that first half. So I really don't even really think it was the product of Kentucky's defense just playing well. It was the product of, first off, the inaccurate passes. Second off, you know, you go into halftime, you see that happening. So you're saying, okay, well, the, the next half, we're just going to stack the box and we're going to force this quarterback to throw the football which is what Kentucky did. They stopped the run game pretty well. ETN showed why he's still a good running back, but <laughs> you got about nine guys coming after you on each run. I mean, you're not really going to be able to do anything. And if they're going to stack the box, you have to have an accurate quarterback because then that's going to open up lanes in the backfield. It, it, it also, the receiver's got to get open, but if you don't have an accurate quarterback, it doesn't matter how open the receivers get. You're not going to be able to get any passing yards whatsoever. So it was a good game plan by Kentucky. It was pretty simple. I mean, if Richard, we're going to force Richardson to throw this football. If he can't throw the football, we're eventually going to win this game because we're going to be able to stop the run and just have them go three and out. And, and it sucked because all last night when we were on third down, I never thought we were going to convert it ever. I, I just said, well, here comes fourth down. They're going to punt it back off, and hopefully the defense could get a play. I used to have those feelings during the Will Muschamp era during the Jim McElwain era. I don't like those feelings, and I don't want to see those feelings back. But, you know, as far as that goes, man, uh, Kentucky, that was the game plan. They executed the game plan well. We didn't. We could have took advantage of them loading the box, and we just didn't do it. Yeah, a lot of good on defense, you know. Um, you think about two short fields, right? One pick six, the one, uh, the other interception where we tackled them on the six. Uh, had some critical red zone stops. We forced field goals, um, created some negatives, affected the quarterback. Uh, really, I thought we improved in a lot of different areas there. I thought, I thought they did a fantastic job. And there was no quit, right, even up to the end of the game. We get stopped multiple times there, forced them to kick a field goal. They missed one. Uh, they made one at the end. So, you know, we, we've got good um, – people there leading that side of the ball and certainly some good players, young players that are emerging and playing well. And what'd you tell the team after the game in the locker room? A lot of what I just told you, you know, um, you know, I think when you're in a leadership position and things aren't going the way they should go or you want them to go, you got to take ownership of that, right? That's exactly what I'm going to do. So, um, you know, that's the coach's job, right? Put the players in position to have success. We did that at times tonight. Maybe we can help them a little more, right? But we'll evaluate the film. Um, you know, I think execution comes down to coaching, right? We didn't execute very well at times tonight. So uh, we had a lot of opportunities that were missed early in particular. Uh, but as the game went there, you know, you got to call it for what it is, right? We can do better. I mean, Billy's right at two short fields for Kentucky. I mean, it's not hard to score a touchdown when you give them 20 yards away to score one. How many times did Billy say, make the other team earn it 
we didn't really make Kentucky earn anything last night, to be honest. Uh, you know, we did force them to field goals, which was a good thing, created negative plays. And he talks about no quit in the defense. The defense actually, for what they were having to go through, especially consistent three and outs and getting tired, they had no quit. They did pretty well. Uh, you know, Kentucky gave Florida opportunities, though, too. Everybody, you know, you know that bad interception we got and then the blunder with the safety and the, the high snap <laughs> over the guy's head. So it's not like Florida didn't have their opportunities, too. When Florida was up 16-7, to 7, they had a chance to put the nail in the coffin, and they didn't do it. I mean, Florida could have really just taken the confidence away of Kentucky if you score another touchdown and go up 22-7, to 7, or 23-7, to 7, excuse me, that would have put the ball in y'all's court. You would have got the crowd back into the game, and you probably get back more confidence for Anthony Richardson, and he probably doesn't have the type of game that he did. But, you know, Billy talks about taking ownership. Play calling was actually, to me, was pretty good in the first half, some of the second half, but Billy was right. The execution was poor. It was actually really piss poor, excuse my language, but it, the, the play calling was there. There was plays where receivers were open. Execution comes down to coaching. Billy owed up to his side of the game here as well. Coach, uh, after all the hype and hoopla last week beating Utah and Anthony, um, do you think people sort of forget he's still a, a young quarterback who hasn't started that many games? Well, we've tried to talk about that as much as we can, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the guy is hes a young player, right? That's his second start in the swamp of his entire life, right? So, um I think that's the the great thing about, you know, experience. You know, I mean, this guy started this season with very minimal experience, right? How many lessons has this guy learned in actual game setting, right, when the game counted? Um, and I think he's going through that, right? That's part of the game of football, uh, and it's part of life, right? I mean, I think you're going to experience mistakes. Um, Ultimately, I know that the best struggle, I mean, the most growth in life comes from some of the most difficult struggles that you go through, right? Uh, and I think the game's no different, right? So there'll be players, and in particular him, I think he'll, he's really going to grow and improve and learn lessons uh, and grow his character relative to how he responds. Uh, so, you know, with these things comes opportunity if you have the right attitude and approach. Um, you mentioned the younger players on defense. Um, is there an update on Ventrell? Um, and then how do you think Shamar and then Scooby also played uh, in his place? Yeah, no. Um, Ventrell was a little bit banged up late. Um, we'll have an update for you next week. Um, you know, obviously two injuries in a game were Ventrell and Mike Tarquin, right? So uh, both lower leg um, injuries, and we'll give you that information later next week. Um, Coach, what are what are some of the things that you liked offensively? You said you saw some improvements tonight um, on both sides of the ball. What, what did you like offensively from your team? Well, I thought I think that uh, at times there in the first half we rushed the ball effectively. You know, um, you know. Ultimately, I'll, I'll have a better uh, better opinion after I watch the film. But there's no question you could see the improvement. On special teams, you can see the improvement on defense. There's no question about that. Offensively, I'm going to reserve my answer for Monday, right? Let me go back and watch this tape. But um, I do know that there's too many mistakes for my liking, 
right? Um, and I'm, you know, across the board, right? Uh, and I think that's coaching, and, and we're going to take ownership of that. Well, Billy, he's right again. Some of the most difficult struggles in life occur when you hit rock bottom. And no, I'm, I'm not talking about the rock and the rock bottom and the people's elbow. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to get a good laugh in there. It's a pretty bad time right now. But in all reality, it goes back to saying you have to hit rock bottom to finally realize some things in life. So let's hope that's the case here. He also talks about giving us an update on Miller and Tarquin next week. Hopefully it's good, not season ending. Uh, then he talked about what he liked about what he saw from the offense rushing wise. But the key takeaway from this is he still said that there was too many mistakes and he did not sugarcoat what really happened out there on the field. He didn't say we had more offensive yards, which we did. Didn't say, yeah, I think we did well nonchalantly. No, he said we made too many mistakes. He was not happy with. So a coach having accountability and not beating around the bush while not beating up his team is a nice thing to have. Finally. Now I will say this. I didn't mention I did like what I saw from the kicking game. Remember last week, man, we, we I said we won, but I don't even know if we had a good field goal kicker or not because no field goals were, were kicked. Uh, Adam Malik hit one from 39 and one from 50. He went two for two, so I, a positive sign here for the special teams unit. Uh, Billy, uh, early in the first half, particularly, you had some open shots down the field. Missed them. What did Kentucky do to take those away because it didn't seem to have them in the second half? Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on. Um, I think we had some opportunities early, missed a few, dropped a few. Um, you know, had some issues in protection. Um, but I think when we go back and look at the tape, I'll be able to give you more feedback. Um, but I do think they did a good job defending us, you know, in particular in the third quarter. I mean, we had it in position. Um, we had miscues, we turned the ball over. Um, so we'll, I'll let you know what I see when I watch the tape. You addressed Michael and Ventrell's injuries. Uh, was Ethan White injured as well? I saw him go in and out of the games a couple of times. No, Ethan's, Ethan's fine. Uh, what did you make of uh, Trevor Etienne's performance tonight? Yeah, I think Trevor's a good young player. You know, I think um, Trevor's got um, great vision, great instincts. You know, I think he's loose. You know, he can make people miss. He's low to the ground. He catches the ball well. Uh, he's out there playing as a rookie, right? He's got the intelligence and the maturity uh, to do that. So he's in the rotation. Um, did some good things tonight. I also think there's some areas where, you know, we can improve. So um, excited about Trevor and his future for sure. Well, at least we know Ethan White's okay. <laughs> and, and as I said, I, I do think a lot of the offensive woes and, and a lot of the things that happened last night just came from errors and miscues and inaccuracies from our offense, more than actually really what Kentucky did out there on the football field. But I do want to see more creativity throwing the football. I mean, go back to last year's Anthony Richardson. Sure, he was terrible in the Georgia game, but when we played last year, he looked like the quicker, more decisive passer. He was more accurate throwing the football. He also threw to the running backs more in space. He was more accurate throwing the football deep. Was it the product of a good Dan Mullen coached offense? Sure, maybe some of it. No, I, I don't want Mullen back whatsoever. But we knew this offense was going to change once Napier and staff got here. We knew it wasn't going to look the same. I'm just saying I've seen Richardson play way better than what he did last night. Is that the product of coaching, like Billy Napier said? Or 
what actually Richardson said. Was he a bit shaken? Was he discouraged? I mean, he was very inaccurate. Who knows? But that was just some of the nuggets from the presser. And I'll say this, I, 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 as I said, I've seen Richardson play better than this. So I'm hoping this is just like a one-time, one-night thing, and maybe he shakes off the cobwebs, comes into the USF game next week, and just dominates the stats. I, I, that's what I want to see. It's against an inferior team, against a team that you should beat, you should dominate the statistical category. There should be zero turnovers. I want to see minimal penalties, no interceptions from Richardson, more accurate passes, better decisiveness with his throws. And I want to see receivers get open and actually catch a football. I'm not too concerned about the run game. Even last night, Montrell Johnson rushed for 62 yards, averaging 8.9 yards per rush and 8 yards after contact. ETN still proving to be a pretty good bag, 46 yards, 5.1 yards per rush, 2.1 yards after contact. Naquan Wright obviously still didn't have the best night coming back from an injury that he sat out for a long time for. Can give him a little bit of a pass because it is kind of hard to acclimate yourself back to the game of football after nursing an injury and just coming back into practice. I have seen Naquan play better in the past, so and, and, and it kind of happened to Malik Davis a while back. He got hurt. He wasn't the same when he came back until another year later, so uh, we'll, as I said, we'll see what happens with Naquan down the road, but you're two, you're two clear backs, so or, or Montrell Johnson and ETN right now. I mean, I, I know that Lingard was listed on the depth chart. He didn't get any carries whatsoever. And, and I don't mean to trail off here, but I, I've seen this team play better. And look, there, there's still a lot to play for. Say if we were a good team like we thought we were, or, or we, we've seen we can compete with the top 10 teams. So Florida can get there. They have to be more consistent, obviously. And you're going to have these struggles with a new coaching staff and players that they didn't recruit. And I get that. But there's still a lot more to play for. What if Florida wins every other game on their schedule? That's a playoff. That's a playoff appearance if you go to the SEC championship and win it. Alabama didn't look good yesterday. And if that Texas quarterback doesn't get hurt, uh, Alabama's probably losing that game by two possessions or not, or if not more. Look, I'm not I'm not saying that we're going to be undefeated and, and, and go all the way to the playoff, but, I mean, it, it's still in front of you. I mean, you still have games you can win every game on your schedule is winnable if you play to your standard of football. A lot of these top 10 teams... Didn't look good yesterday. Notre Dame loses to Marshall. Texas A&M loses to App State. Alabama should have lost to uh, Texas. Georgia, I mean, they took care of business, but they only scored 33 against Samford, which is actually funny because Samford played Georgia better than what Oregon played Georgia, but that's, that's a different story for a different day. I mean, everybody had their blunders and fell, and it was Florida's turn to take advantage of this. I mean, with Texas A&M losing... Notre Dame losing up. Florida could have been in the top 10 this week if they would have had a, a, a victory over Kentucky. Now, does that lessen the blow now that you lost to a number 20 team seemingly as these other top 10 teams lost? We'll see what our ranking is next week, but there's still a lot to play for. Next week, you're against a team that you should beat. This team is awful. This is the time where you get Anthony Richardson comfortable with passing the football, work on his inaccuracies, Get him more experience. If you have to keep him out there for the whole game, we just blow him out 70 to nothing, do it. Or, you know, they said Jack Miller should be healthy by this game. Maybe you give the backup some experience. I'd love to see that too. But next week needs to be a confidence booster game for Anthony Richardson because he needs it. Because the next game afterwards is going to be in a hostile environment in Nayland Stadium with an offense that's putting up a lot of points right now. And as much as I love to make fun of Tennessee and we always beat Tennessee, Tennessee's looking pretty good right now. I'm not going to lie. Is their defense a little bit suspect? Yes. 
but their offense makes up for it clearly. But we're just going to have to see how Florida responds in the next coming weeks. But as I said, as a Florida Gator fan, yes, it's Kentucky. Yes, we shouldn't have lost to them again, but it's not a damper on this whole football year. And I don't think any Florida Gator fan right now should be that upset about it. You should be a little upset about it because I am too. I understand. But there's still so much game to play. If Florida comes out and they win three or four in a row, we're not even worried about that Kentucky game anymore. We've got our eyes set on Georgia. We've got our eyes set on the rest of the schedule. But I I don't want to talk too far ahead. We'll just have to see what happens in the weeks to come. And hopefully things don't get hairy down the stretch. And speaking of that, if you're getting a little hairy down the stretch, your boy Dave and Soderquist has a solution just for you with the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped.com. Purchase your Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped.com with promo code SWAP20 to receive 20% off your entire purchase along with free shipping. Look, this has helped me so much since I've gotten to try it. it it's reduced nicks. It's helped in those hard-to-reach places. You combine that with the ball deodorant, it's a home run, baby. Hey, I'm a married guy, but you single cats out there on the prowl want to make sure, I mean, your hard drives are up to date, right? Use promo code SWAP20 today when you purchase your Performance Package 4.0 with the Lawnmower 4.0, and you will not regret the decision. I've tried it, it's worked wonders for me, and it gets the job done quicker, easier, with less problems you get with the best brands out there. Use promo code SWAMP20 today at Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com, the absolute best in men's grooming. You're listening to Getting Swamped with David Soderquist. All right, it's time to grade the Gators this week, and we have to start with the most important position, quarterback. And I'm sorry, I love you, Anthony Richardson. I think you could do a lot better than this. I have to give you an F, man. 14 for 35, 40% completion rating, only 143 yards, only 4.1 yards per attempt, two interceptions, only one attempt for five yards rushing the football. Uh, Just not a good game. I'm, I'm not saying I'm giving you a career F here. I mean, last week you you looked you did pretty well. I I gave you a, a, a actual an A rushing wise. I'll, I'll say B plus, and the only reason I say B plus is because there wasn't really that many rushing attempts. I, I, not to me anyway. I think we should have a, we should have at least tried to run the ball a lot more, especially that second half of the game. But I I can't sit there and give them an A either just because there wasn't a lot of rushing yards, only 141 rushing yards. But as I said, Montrell Johnson, Trevor Etienne, I mean, they probably make up most of this grade here and not making it a C or anything else below that. So I'll give about a B-plus to the rushing game, but I I like the A-plus effort, I can tell you that. Receiving-wise, oh boy, Uh, it's hard for me to give the receivers an F because a lot of the wide-open passes were thrown inaccurately from the quarterback, Uh, but there was also three key drops in this game. Uh, I I think the receivers did get open this game. I I saw it a lot. They did have drops, so I can't really give them any kind of B. I'm going to give them a C and a close C- minus here. I mean, only 143 yards passing, 10.2 yards per reception, only four, 47 yards after the catch. The longest pass was 28 yards, along with three drops on those 14, or actually 30 targets and 14 receptions. It's not good. I have to give them a C, but I don't think it's solely just blamed on the receivers here. So that's why I kind of did not give them an F. 
but still not a good showing from the receivers. I'll give the offensive line an A. I, I want to give them an A plus, but uh, there was some there was some breakdowns a little bit in that second half. I, I may have not liked, but for the most part, the offensive line did really well. Osiris Torrance still the highest graded offensive lineman this game too. The offensive line as a whole didn't give up any sacks, gave up two quarterback contacts and only seven quarterback hurries and nine total pressures combined with the quarterback contacts and hurries. So A for the uh, the offensive line. They have not upset me so far this year. Let's go to defensive line here. Two sacks, five quarterback hurries, or actually nine quarterback hurries, five quarterback contacts. Oh, and I almost forgot one interception from Gervon Dexter, who leads the team in interceptions right now. So <laughs> got to add that one in there, too. I'll give them a B plus only because the second half, once again, didn't look that great. Um, but when your defensive line's completely getting tired from consistently going three and out on offense, uh, you, you kind of really can't blame them either. So I give them a B plus just based on the sack rates and uh, it's just all the pressure they were getting on. Will Levis. I mean, they did pretty good, uh, but they, they had their miscues and, and their falls as well. So I, I have to give them a B plus here. As I said, it, it wasn't the best performance I think I've seen from a defensive line, but it was a lot better than last week getting no sacks at all and just letting Utah run the football all down your throat this second half. So uh, there was some improvement from the defensive line. Special teams as far as field goals, got to give you an A+. Plus. You made all your field goals, and you, you hit a you hit one for 50, too, which was, it was actually looked impressive. So I got to give them an A-plus for field goals, special teams. Not really a lot of miscues or anything, like, big on special teams. And, and I, I would love – I really wanted to give an A just based on kick returns and all that, but they're – I mean, you, you, you basically did your job. You didn't have, like, a, a big kickoff return or anything like that. So I, I'll give the A to A-plus here. Um, nothing on special teams really upset me. Defensive backfield coverage, ooh, it was kind of shaky. I, I, I'll say B minus. Um, there was a, a a big play given up by Jalen Kimber for a touchdown. Trey Dean gave up forty one. Avery Helm thirty seven. Devin Moore twenty two. Ventrell Miller twenty two. Uh, Jadarius Perkins sixteen. Amari Bernice. So, they didn't really give up some huge chunk yardage except for that one that was tossed for a touchdown. Uh, I think it could have been better back in the backfield, but it, it, I'll say this, the the missed tackles from just the guys in the backfield, only three combined missed tackles just from the backfield and coverage alone. Not as a team, but backfield and coverage alone. So that, that you, you get a good grade for that and only one penalty caused by them. So you, you got to give them hats, props to that as well. Uh, their reception percentage was 57.1. You kind of want it under 50%. Um, so I, I take off a little bit for that, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, no interceptions, uh, which is fine. Some in interceptions sometimes just don't happen in the backfield some games. Only one total pass breakup, uh, and I do get it. Uh, there wasn't a lot of passes like aimed towards most of the backfield. There were more like from 0 to 10-yard passes that got a lot of yards after the catch. And the backfield really not allowing that much yards after the catch, only 73 yards after the catch. And Devin Moore gave up the most at 20. So really, he only gave up 20 yards after the catch. I mean, it's still, I guess you could say it's not good to give up 20 yards after the catch but if you only done it one time because he was only targeted twice so it's not bad it's not bad everybody else uh in the backfield gave up less than 20 yards after the catch so i really can't say anything bad about that have to give them a, a, a good grade there so i'll give them in that b range overall team performance though whoo uh i wish i could split it in offense and defense because i would give the offense probably besides the run game 
I would give the offense a complete F. I mean, it was just terrible. Let's be honest. Uh, when you add the run game to the offense, it comes out to maybe like a C. <laughs> so uh, it, it was okay. Maybe even a C minus. Uh, it's on the verge of an F. But the, the, the rushing attack is the only thing that, that kept us kind of in this game at the get-go when you were 16-7. to 7. And uh, after that, uh, Florida just d- didn't respond with any kind of points. So it's a C to C minus total offensively. Defensively, I got to give you an A minus. There were some things I, I I didn't like that I saw out of the defense, but for the most part, the defense played pretty well. So I have to put them in that A range, but I'm going to give them an A minus just based on maybe some of the defensive line breakdowns. Uh, defensive backfield didn't do too bad. They did give up one big explosive play back there for a touchdown. So that's why I have to take off some points for that. But o- o- overall, between you know offense and defense, uh, the 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 game pretty much I, I I could say it was just a a C uh, I mean average between offense and defense uh, it, it just the defense looked great the offense spoiled it for the defense the defense gets tired and worn down from going three and out all the time so I can't really put it on the defense so overall I just have to give it a C for the Florida Gators I've seen them play better so hopefully next week at the USF game. I can give everybody A's and uh, sur- surpass the the F's that we got today. But Richardson, man, he'll learn. He'll learn. He's a young guy, and I said he's going to make his young mistakes. He's a uh, he's a third. I think of what he started his second game at home, his third starting game as a as a quarterback. So uh, I, I can't really say anything terrible about Richardson just based on his inexperience. I think he gets better down the stretch. I, I think this was a wake-up call for him, and, and let's hope let's hope it was a wake-up call for him because, I mean, coming down the stretch in this schedule, it, it's going to get brutal, and they're not going to be home games either. I mean, you're you're traveling to Tennessee, traveling to A&M, neutral side at Georgia. There's going to be some hard ones coming up on your schedule, so you got to get this guy ready. So USF next week, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk some good things from this football game next week, and I will have on Seth Varnador. A lot of you guys know him out there on YouTube, has a really awesome YouTube channel. He's from the AlligatorArmy.com as well. Uh, does a really a lot of good statistical analysis based on field formations and all the stuff that I'm not really uh, good at, like, uh, you know, kind of scientifically breaking down. So it'll be good to have Seth on here and kind of break down maybe what happened against Kentucky and what Florida can do against USF and in the future to improve maybe the offense, the defense, or any sort of schemes that maybe he saw out there on the field. So it'll be a good guest that I'll have on here Wednesday to break down and preview the game between the USF Bulls and the Florida Gators. And shout out to all the military currently serving, ex-military people that have passed away fighting for our country after the 9-11 attacks and the victims that were involved in the 9-11 attacks, maybe in the plane, maybe in the building, or some of the victims that had family members that were in those attacks. Uh, you know, Make sure if you, you pass anybody, as you said, military or anything, uh, give them a thank you, man. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, they sacrificed their life so we could enjoy what we enjoy, whether our football team's winning or losing, we still get to enjoy it every week because they do the job that they do for us. So we don't have to deal with that ourselves. So, uh, you know, prayers to all the victims out there to 9-11 and God bless America. And folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football, statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swamped.